spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass for more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape. For the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Label. Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one off podcast chatting to writers poets and artists. Over time it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on back to a more regular basis. To date I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast you can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can even do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk dot co dot uk enjoy the podcast take care bye spoken label hi guys andy and spoken label back in the house on a tuesday evening we're over to one of my favorite areas in the world today because i grew up around this over to cholton we've got a wonderful writer with me and i think the jewel lady is definitely a lane to watch over the next year or two because i think she's really got something now she, uh, she wouldn't know this but um i remember it when she contacted me by email and for our night of Carcurum and Amanda and Steve Speakeasy. And we get, do get a lot of people that contacted us. But she came in and she charmed me immediately when she'd been on the reserve list. And I remember telling Amanda and Steve, I don't think Steve was there that night, said, we'll have to give her a chance because she's the first time she's, I think she'd ever read anywhere for us. And she blew me away. And then Amanda takes a picture of everybody. And Amanda told me afterwards she almost forgot to take a picture of her. And she, you know, Hannah, you want to make you laugh now. Amanda remembered when you were on the last line of the poem, your second piece that night. <laughs> so we've got the fantastic Hannah, Hannah Allworth today. Now, Hannah's, I said, from my area, Cholton. So, Hannah, to begin with, tell people a little bit about yourself. Where did all your creativity come from? Well, so, um, like I said, um, like you said, I'm from Cholton and um, I'm from quite a big family. And, um, like I used to spend quite a lot of time when I was younger just making things like writing and making things 
Mm. Um, like embroidering and like you oh, know wow. and sewing and things as well yeah it really? seems quite crafty and um I was always really good at English literature and like I read a lot when I was younger and then it kind of stopped a bit like as I grew more into adulthood but I, I always was naturally good at English literature even though I pursued sciences like academically mm. um but I never really studied poetry or anything mm. like that it was just something that I was naturally in me from quite a young age that I didn't really appreciate about myself until later in life. Right. So tell people next, obviously, if to, I know about why this happened. Well, tell people what made you appreciate your writing more when you got a bit older then. Um, so I started running again when I was, when it was 2011. <laughs> and then through injury, I took up yoga in 2012. Mm. And um it was through being on my yoga mat and like meditating and like practicing asana that I, um, after kind of connecting with myself in that way, poems just used to come. Like they used to just oh, come. Oh, brilliant. That's fantastic. Fantastic. So, um, so that was really how I kind of first became aware mm. that, I, that there was something oh, there, brilliant. but I still didn't take it seriously at that point. No, I don't think you do sometimes. It's, um, no, yeah, you don't like. Oh, you don't. It's, it comes when it's ready, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Like it was um, my case, was and I came diabetic 11 years ago myself. I've been writing all my life, and it needed that health shake up to make me realize to start thinking about what I was doing more. And I'm guessing yeah. it's the same for you then, really, as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, so then I just started writing in bits, you know, <clears> bits used to come like over the years. And then I used to, it kind of picked up a bit more um, in like 2016, 17 um, and like 18, 19. But then it was really from the pandemic and through being in isolation. So so yeah. I'm a runner, like I've run marathons, I've, I fell run, oh, wow. or I haven't done that wow. in recent years. But, but kind of yeah, COVID yeah. kiboshed everything that I used to do that involved like going outdoors. Um and then it kind of forced me to write more. So being in isolation and being on my own actually forced more writing out of me. And oh, wow. also um, illustrations as well. Oh, blimey. Yeah. You never see, honestly, I tell everybody this off my, off, you know, repeat, I do podcasts with people. I'm one of you, we've met twice now, Hannah, and I thought you were brilliant, loved you to bits, so you're great. I didn't know first of all you'd done running, didn't know you'd done illustrations either. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Tell us about tell you before we go into poetry. Tell us about your illustrations then. So I didn't know about this. Yeah. So basically, um, I start. I realized that I, I had quite a lot of um pieces of work, like poems, mm. that to make up a collection or a few collections. I've got quite a lot of poems, really, um, that I've kind of built up over the years. And then mm. um, I got the flu at Christmas like quite badly and mm. then it le like it left me in bed and then I've since got chronic fatigue and it was just it was through being ill in bed really that I needed something to do that I started like illustrating on my phone oh, wow wow yeah I'll see these sometime definitely so you can show you can show me some of these another time yeah. definitely so <laughs> now obviously um I know from reading up about you already, I know you saw, you've been saying already you originally were a closet poet in your own words. Yeah. What made you then want to go out to 
I know first of all you've been doing stuff on Instagram, haven't you, and like video feeds. Then tell us about what made you want to go to that and then obviously to the live stage. Yeah, so um, I'm an NHS manager. I've been doing that for 14 years. And um, I'm not going to give your age away, but I know <laughs> when you told me your age last week, I was like, stunned me. <laughs> you definitely don't look it, right? <laughs> yeah, so I've been an NHS manager <laughs> pretty much straight out of uni, so people can guess my age. <laughs> and, yeah, um... well, so we'll say no more there, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then it was basically like in COVID times, it got quite hard actually like um I was feeling quite um helpless and like I didn't really have a voice or I didn't really have um kind of I just felt a bit powerless in a sense mm. and um and then I decided that um I suppose that my poems were worth sharing and that they were it was time to just stop keeping them all to myself and it was it was um at the end of each day, mm. I kind of looked forward to re- like reciting before I commuted home. Oh, brilliant! So brilliant. I'd do a recital, and mm. like they're quite awkward to watch now. Like my early videos, um, that I used to post oh, like fantastic. one a day to Instagram, and um, they'd mostly be my work. But sometimes I'd recite other people's poems if I wanted a break from my own work. Um. And I should get back to that, really. It's it's really a good thing to do. A very good discipline to do. But people yeah. wouldn't after this sort yeah. of world nowadays, I agree, because I, I should do more like that, but I don't. Yeah. But um, um, was it, who, so, whose other poems did you enjoy then during this stage? Then? Oh. Can um, you remember that far back? <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Oh, so I'm sure I read, like, Rumi's. Some, some of Rumi's works at one point mm. and like um, Mahmoud Darwish which is his, he's a Palestinian poet mm. um, I want to say Sylvia Plath but I'm not sure like, yes. I'm really not sure yeah. um, it, I think... sometimes I'd do something random like I, um, and just get a, just pick a random book off my bookshelf and just like open a random page and that would be the poem oh, wow, that yeah, I would that's... read wow. <laughs> so I can't it's... remember oh, it was brilliant. just a surprise yeah you surprise yourself and don't yourself <laughs> now I think it's worth mentioning obviously about your background as a person you yeah. touched on that in the last bit so obviously I know I don't know if your family's all from Palestinian but I know that he's at least partly Palestinian isn't it so yeah so all my family's from Gaza and Palestine yeah yeah, and obviously like, that obviously would have impacted you in your on your upbringing and your writing, I reckon, and your reading as well. Yeah, I, I do think, um, because obviously, like um, in Palestinian culture, like we're an indigenous people, and there's quite a lot of folk traditions within Palestinian culture, and poetry writing is very foundational, isn't it, to all walks of life and kind of to humanity, really. And um, I suppose it's in me, but I didn't really know until I, I didn't oh. really appreciate that. Like, I just think poetry is a part of Palestinian culture um, and it it's part of Palestinian resistance as well, like through freedom of expression and through art. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you straight away. It is, I like it. I think it's probably took you to like, the age you've got now when you've realised yourself, haven't you? So what um, yeah. way you want to go with it. And I think it's it's a brave move to honestly like I said with it straight away because mm-hmm. like it I know from obviously talking to you already about your work, 
I know already you're on something a little tour, aren't you? In I think it's December, if my memory is correct. So the We Are yeah. Not Numbers Christmas tour. So tell us about that then. Yeah. So um, so when I first started reciting to live audiences, um, I started reciting with Palestinian um at like resistance group events and like with for at charity events. Mm. And that one of those charts, so I I did took part in the big ride um for Palestine in the summer. And then I met some lovely people from the Amos Trust on that um charity ride. And oh. they invited me to be on the tour in the summertime. And that was like in July. And um I was like quite taken aback really because I'd only really started reciting to live audiences. It'd only been like a couple of months. It wasn't long at all. Um and um that was kind of so it was at that event really that I got started to see the impact of my words on other people and oh, some people wow. really started expressing like how they felt when they heard my words and like um um how it impacted them and how they could relate to it in their own lives. And so even though I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, obviously excited, I'm nervous to be involved. It's um, And there's such lovely people at the Amos Trust, like I'm really excited to be doing it with them. Um, I was like, uh, like, I can't believe this almost like, um, so yeah, so that's how it came about. And the tour is on um, at the end of November, the first um I'm so happy that it's the first stop. The first stop on the tour is Manchester. In well, way. this podcast will be out just before that, and I promise you that now because <laughs> I want to give encourage people to go and watch you because, like, it's I love the fact where you want to do how do you actually know what you're going to be reading for this set yet and for, for this yet, um, or you know, is it still, still sorting it out? Um, I've, I've got like a selection of poems that kind of are up to 20 minutes. But oh, each fantastic. set will be ten to fifteen, so I've got I can vary it each night. So um, so I can maybe do a sample of some of the poems that I might do. Please um, do, and please do in a, in a few in minutes the, when we the, get the second the, half. Yeah, when yeah. we get to the later bit, yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah the first the first stops on the twenty fifth of November. It's in Wally Range in St Margaret's Church, and um, there'll be um at each stop there'll be a selection of local artists as well. Um, as part of the ensemble and there'll be carols and all like all sorts of lovely Christmassy things. Oh fantastic with that. So and obviously you're on every every date on the tour then aren't you? I can see it from here. So yeah. oh, fantastic. Like is this um obviously I know you've read for us twice and speak easy. Is this gonna be your what next third third major reading is it really in person? Have we done many many of our live ones? No, no I have oh, read I've done wow. a few quite um quite a few so I've um read at um the poetry place before mm. and um at Natta and Bolton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No um and uh where else? Oh uh, there, uh, there's a new there was a new um night uh, um called Central Sundays that I read at recently. Oh and yeah, yeah. It's, it's a night about we all like love poems and Brilliant. Um, like Brilliant. quite sensual material, yeah. So <laughs> well, I'm, not asking, I'm not asking any more details there in that one. You'll make, you'll make yeah. me blush, right? It's all my blush, right? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, so I read at that. Um, and um, I can't think now. Oh, no, how can I forget? Um, I've read, so my first, um, how could I forget this? Saying are just amazing. 
I don't know if you know say in Manchester. I've not been to, I know it, yeah, certainly. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> they're just such a lovable, like, um, organised chaos bunch, like. Oh, best <laughs> um, way to be. That was best... the first place I read that that wasn't a Palestinian, like, resistance event or, like, a charity event or, like, a commemoration type <laughs> oh, event. fantastic. And, it, fantastic. and um, it, through saying, I actually um, read it, some a couple of festivals as well. Oh, but we see it's Canada's got like that, and it's straight up in the air for yeah, you. Yeah. So, and this is this is why I keep saying like I think I was just blind to it, like I didn't take myself seriously, like in a lot of ways, really. And um, so, like you asked me before, which I didn't really quite answer, like what mm. made me want to actually recite, and um, mm. and it was the realization that like without my poems being received by anyone that they were never fin they would never be finished yeah 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 i think the poetry is a spoken word language really yeah and i think it's but there are some pieces that obviously i don't think need to be read in person but there's a lot that takes it back to the way it was a thousand years of storytelling yeah and your pieces are certainly like that the stories in poetry yeah. and it's beautiful to hear they are certainly thank you so ones. much thank you that's so kind of you to say and um and then the other thing was so when I was ill earlier in the year like in bed a lot I just I thought to myself I can't die with all of this <laughs> like it was just oh, as simple no. as that like and then when I had that realization and I know I'm laughing about it now it's kind of a good thing but if you don't laugh um, don't laugh you cry so <laughs> know, laugh away yeah. um it was like it was when I had that realization that I thought, yeah, actually, why why not publish my work? Like, why why is it not worth publishing? Because that was the question, really. Like, and it is like it is worth publishing, and it was only really this year that I thought that seriously about it. Yeah, I think you do. You need something like a check, check shock to your system to make you think about yeah. that. And I think you've definitely done the right move with it. Certainly with that. So, like. Do you have any ideas where you'd like your work to take you next and next year, for example? Um, well, hopefully I'll I'll be a published author next year. Oh, so what are you doing? Are you looking at bringing a book out next year then, I'm presuming, aren't you? Sort yeah, well, I, I've got enough material for about five books. Oh, well, that, does, that all, doesn't all. surprise me, right? <laughs> um, like, not all of it, obviously, is going to make it, but um, I've been writing so long that it's like it's actually overwhelming me to go back to it all now and oh, actually, yeah. you know actually because I've it's not I think it would be easier if I didn't have as much to go through God. Uh, I bet you're as bad as me because like I've got all my poems in little A5 hardback books <laughs> and you think like well I'm 50 so I don't mind admitting that and I've been writing since I was 10 and I've got about 60 odd books so it's like it it's a nightmare when I'm trying to sort books out, to honestly, because I've done, I've done a few self-published ones now. And you're probably in a similar situation with 12 yeah. years of archive to go through. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and so, really, it, it's kind of, it's mostly the stuff from, like, 2016-ish. Well, I've got a bit from, like, between 2012 and 2014, mm. uh, 2016. But then, really, it's, I started to write more from that time. And then... Um, yeah, so uh, so I suppose it's like 
and also because my writing is a spiritual practice like a lot the poems just come mm. to me like I can't I don't like give myself a deadline or anything like that they just come and then I have to capture it in a sometimes on a napkin or capture the messages like wherever I can I, luckily I've got notes on my phone so like I have that handy a lot what, of the time what do you do you leave your phone on turn on overnight do you case wake up at half three <laughs> yeah, thinking must yeah. write must they, write they, yeah that's basically because sometimes oh. I do get woken up in the night and then something comes to me like that and I have to just write it down and then sometimes it grows into something else and sometimes that's just the message and like yeah. a lot of the time I read it back and I know that it's not me like a lot of the, I think that's not me but I, it's come the message has come through me and so my writing is really like a, a spiritual practice for me and it is it's it's been something that has actually like it is part of my relate like relationship with God it is part of that like it is something that it connects me to a higher um force yeah yeah no straight away because like that'd be like come from your background anyway but also yeah. the fact is like it's it's what comes natural to you as a writer yeah you agree with you and, completely and so I'll I think I'm always gonna be writing because um it just it just comes when it comes so that so next year that'll that'll still continue but the challenge for me is to kind of, so I've kind of, I'm I'm learning as I go, obviously. And like with yeah, this yeah, year with like, with going on stage and like kind of part of, um, part of the way that I'm trying to organise what to publish is actually through choosing what to recite and like editing for that. And so I think I've got some of that to do next year, really, before I publish, but Hopefully, yeah, next year I'll be a published author. And well, um... <laughs> fingers crossed, definitely with it. So, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. It's, I think the hardest thing we should sort of book out is it's even harder in the set sometimes because you've got to try and get the order right. You're looking at the page afterwards and not thinking, oh, after why did I do like that way? Yeah. No, good luck with it, definitely with that. So, all the best. Um, Keep us informed, definitely with that one. So, yeah. definitely. Now, I want to wrap up this part now, Hannah, because I want to give you a chance to do a bit of reading for us because. We're looking at, I know tonight, people won't know you've got to go at a certain time tonight. <laughs> so I want to make sure you, you're on, on the way to your next meeting, basically. So so what we'll do is we'll wrap up this point up. But I want to ask you before you go, if people want to find out more about you, where do they go? So I'm at Hannah Arl, H-A-N-N-A-H-A-H-L-E on Instagram. And you've also just told me you've got a YouTube channel. So yeah, but I've only just set that up. So I'm hoping to like post more to that. And um, hopefully I've got like a website coming soon as well. Um, that's not ready yet. So Brilliant. Um, at the moment, you can check my stuff out on Instagram currently. Brilliant. Now, I'll come to the Amos Trust Tour. Yes, that's on, <laughs> people are wondering, that's on top of your actual Instagram channel. I can see the link there straight away with it. So, Definitely go to it watching, okay? I'm, yeah. I'm going to certainly attempt to get down there for you on the Friday, the 25th of November show, certainly. So I will Thank you so much. do my best on that one, I promise you. So, but anyway, listen, let's wrap up, okay? We'll let you get compared to read a few pieces for us. So, good luck, Hannah, in the future. Keep in touch. Thank you. We'll see you all in a minute, guys. Spoken, mate. Hi, guys. Yes, and again, fantastic, Hannah. Right, it's my time to shut up now. Over to Hannah. It's going to read out a couple of pieces for us. Go for it, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Um, so my first poem I'm going to read is called Liberation. And it basically came about 
when I decided that I didn't want to go through cycles of trauma and just heal from trauma and go through cycles of trauma. And like all Palestinians, I think, around the world feel a collective trauma about what what's um you know been happening for seven decades plus um there. So and then I decided to notice the little things about life and this is where this poem came from. Healing doesn't have to be through trauma all the time. Let's end the cycle now. It can be buying a new dress, eating your favourite food, doing your favourite things, being in your favourite places, seeing your best people. Healing can mean that you allow yourself the choice to be happy in every moment because you deserve it. Um. The second poem I'm going to read. Wow, is that was called... quick. I, th- I thought you were going to go on longer then. No. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> brilliant stuff. Oh, um, a lot of my poems are quite short, so, um, and they're, they're quite varied. So the next poem I'm going to read um, is kind of, um, it came about through quite a spiritual experience that I had, and it was a skydive that I did in Uluru and Katajuta National Park in Central Australia, the home of the Aboriginal people. And to this day, it's the most spiritual place I've ever been. And basically, I felt held in the sky by God at that time. And um, as a Palestinian, I've struggled with like the concept of home like all of my life. So this is kind of about that as well. And it's called Untethered gone through a murky place to get to who I am. I am not my parents or the city in which I was raised or the land where my parents were raised. Forgiveness breaks the tether. I am not the same afterwards. A whole new freedom from where I came from made my own safety held in the sky as I dived in a different place on the surface I did not know another short one. Oh, beautiful that one that was really really evocative then and you could sense that there was that place you told us about then it helped it's still in your heart even now yeah. so no you can yeah. definitely say that oh fantastic okay I shut up now back to you number three <laughs> um so the next poem is called in all that you do and basically this is a poem that I kind of wrote to myself to encourage me to get over myself and find a purpose to actually get on stage and read to people because I've never really seen myself as a performer and this kind of helped me see the importance of my words and yeah it's called in all that you do there are people out there wondering how they're going to make it through what they're going through there are people out there who need to know what you did to strive to stay alive when the world felt like it was caving in on you There are people out there who will be so grateful to hear your testimony because it will show them that in the end, the darkness doesn't define you. It builds you better and you wouldn't be whole without it. I know you didn't think much of what you did to keep going. No matter how much you're hurting, you make everything you touch better and you need to see how that only makes the beauty in you shine brighter. We're all to see and you really are extraordinary in all that you do. Yeah, there's a wisdom. Oh. People are wondering tonight with this. What I love with your work, Hannah, is there's a wisdom in it. And it's um <sighs> I, I don't know if I say spiritualist, there is spirituality in your work. Yeah. I think it's, there's a wisdom and a tenderness in it, and it's some that's 
a beautiful skill to have, definitely. So, thanks right. so much. I'll tell you what, we'll get you to do one more for us, okay? Because we'll have you back, you'll be back on with us next year and spoken label anyway. So, oh. do one more, one more tonight, okay? So, over to you. Um, oh, feel a bit stuck about what to do. Okay, I'll do this one because I've talked about it before in the earlier interview and it was about um, how being isolated during COVID actually pushed me to take my writing seriously. <laughs> so it's called Isolation. It's a short one again. Solace in my own space, how I listen, how I create. Crowds sound like static, had to step away. To really appreciate the interference Isolation is my integrity. My frequency is a stage set for the brave. Isolation is my best friend, that friend that pushes you to grow. Fantastic. What an ending. Brilliant. No, beautiful stuff indeed, Hannah, there. So, no, it's like, I find it interesting when talking to you like about your work. Is like, you say you, say you don't regard yourself as a performance poet, but yeah. I'm always of the belief that like, you don't have to. It's not always the case of who shouts the loudest is the best. Okay. You can go on stage and hold people attention just by being yourself. That's the best way. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but anyway, listen, we're going to wrap up now. I want to give Hannah's, as I said, she's going to rush another meeting tonight. I want to give her a chance to get to it. So not turning up, turned up there, just covered in sweat or running. So oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a it's pleasure. Been a, it's been a pleasure, definitely. And I said, hang around, I need a quick word off microphone anyway. So. And yeah, was, thank I you will, so much. I will listening. look forward to seeing you at hopefully a speakeasy in your new year, and I will do my best to get to your show as well. So, definitely, yeah, that as well. it will be lovely to see you there. Thank you so much, Andy. Take care, okay? I'll Take see care. you all soon, guys and girls. Andy Ensign. Bye. Bye. Spoken later.